0: Good morning, happy Sabbath. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for those words to us, those words of assurance. Well, this morning I'd like to introduce to you these two young people. We have here, <clears throat> over here, this is Isabella, Amrice, and Jeremiah Fernandez. They are from our MAGA book program And so we're kind of in uniform today. And they have been canvassing this summer. Now, why don't you hold up those books? These are what a MAGA book is. We call it a MAGA book because it's the size of a magazine, but it's a book. And we have a team of 70 young people here this week that by the time this summer, in about a two-month program, nine weeks, will have made contact with over 400,000 people this summer. So they're doing an awesome work. And it's, it's a tough work. It takes a lot of courage to do it. So I'm very, very proud of these young people. I just want to, I'll start with you, Isabella. You met, um, you went into a, a lawyer's office. Is that right? So can you tell us about your experience? What happened? Okay, well, about- yeah. Oh, okay. There
1: we go. Is it working now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it was two weeks ago, and um, my leader dropped me off at um, it was an office building, building, and I went up uh, to the last, uh, I think, it was fourth floor or something like that, and I knocked on the door, and well, I went in, and I started talking to the lady uh, that was there, and then it's one of those offices that you the It doesn't have a door so you can see who's inside and the lawyer he he told me what are you doing and i explained it to him and he told me come here i can't listen i i can't hear you so i went in and i started telling him about about what we were doing so he told me let me take a look so i was like okay and i showed him give them something better that is the low fat low cholesterol cookbook that we have and he told me, no, I don't like healthy food. I like unhealthy food. Look, look at me, I'm fat. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, we also have books for children. Would you be interested in those? And I showed him um, Real Heroes and um, My Forever Friend. And those are about Jesus and the Bible. And uh, he told me, okay, how much for this one? And I told him, well, they're actually based on a donation, and the donation is 12 for each one. So he told me, let's do something. I'll keep one for 12 or two for 20. And I told him, okay, let me show you another one. So I, told, I showed him story time that um, he read a story from. And um, he told me, no, I like these ones because these are about the Bible. And he told me, yeah, because God is great. And I told him, no, God is not great. God is awesome. And he told me, just because you said that, I'm going to give you 25 for both of them. So he, he gave me the full amount of the, you know, the donation. And he also gave me uh, an, an extra dollar. And just the things we say and the things we do, they impact other people's lives. And they can change their lives. And also, um, we can see God through them.
0: All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Isabella. So you were able to give. He didn't want health food, but he wanted some soul food. Praise the Lord. That was great. So, Jeremiah, now you were in, you went into a doctor's office. So what happened there?
2: Well, it was a, a pretty sunny day. Um, it was a, a slow day for me regarding, you know, the donations and uh, how many books I've left in people's hands. But uh, I still had a bit of faith in me, and I was like, okay, God, I prayed to him, it's time to act. I want to. I want you to use me, I want to see your power and your amazing grace upon me. So we were just about to finish the first shift and go to um, lunch, so I was like, okay, I need to be quick. I went into a building of doctor's offices, and I'm like, okay, which one do I go into? And I saw this eye doctor. I went in there, I spoke with her, she was very nice and kind with me. and. Um, she helped me out with with a good amount of books she took about seven or eight and um when i prayed for her and after talking with her i left and when i went to my book bag to replace the books i was like "Uh uh-oh she took all my health books i had not one single health book in my book bag so i was like what do i do because if i call my leader he's just gonna say forget about it we'll come back tomorrow um to finish the businesses but i was like no i need to do this today And something just told me, just use the books that you have right now. So I took about all my devotionals, which is, you know, Steps to Christ, The Great Controversy, different books like that. And when I entered the next office, the secretary was like, "Um, the doctor's really busy, but what can I help you with? So I presented everything to her. And when I presented this book called Reasons to Believe, um, which is just talking to us about reasons to believe in God whenever we're going through a hard moment, she stopped me and she said, are you trying to make me cry? And then she said it with a serious face, so I was kind of stunned, and I'm like, "Um, not really, ma'am. And then she said, because I'm going through all these hard moments in my life right now, and in the job it's so stressing, I'm so vexated right now. um, And I was asking God for a sign, I was just asking for some type of relief, and now you come with all these books of peace and hope and everlasting joy, and I saw that her eyes were very watery, so I lost the track of my time. I kind of calmed down, and I prayed for her. She came out, once I prayed for her, she started crying, and but I couldn't help but smile, because she was smiling as well, it was tears of joy. She was like, wow, you were sent by God, and I, it was just really special. And she actually helped me to complete my goal of the books that I wanted to get out. She took about five devotionals. And I was like, wow, how God works. He was like, she doesn't need any health books, so let's just give that to someone else. These are the ones I need her to have. And I took out all the devotionals and left it with her. And thank God that I was there, you know, in that moment.
0: Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's wonderful. You made both of you someone else's life better that day. Let's give them a nice welcome. Thank you both. Okay. Well, I wanted to give you just a brief update on Barbara. As you know, she took a fall a week ago at Vacation Bible School here on Friday, and we discovered we, she did break her humerus bone in her right shoulder. So she's been managing the pain and getting better. She's not gonna have to have surgery, but she has to have some physical therapy. So. I know she's getting better, because she can't write, but she can text, and she's texting me all the stuff she wants me to do, so I know. <laughs> so that's, that's happening. So, But anyway, we want to thank you for all of your prayers and your, and your support, so thank you so much. Um, well, they say to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then tell you, and then tell you what I told you. So here it goes. I want to present you the theme that I'd like to share today. And thinking about the exodus of God's people out of, out of Egypt, I want to compare that to our Exodus and into the heavenly Canaan and some of the basic instructions before leaving. In our exodus, there seems like there's so many dangers. And duty seems hard to perform sometimes. But yet God bids us go forward. We cannot wait until every obstacle is moved out of the way. Faith urges us to go forward, believing all things, hoping all things. The path where God leads may lie through the desert and it may lie through the sea. But wherever that path is, when God is leading, it will be a safe path. Dear God... Today as we contemplate, we know what kind of world we're living in all too well. And so we're just praying that you will en- enlarge our faith, give us hope, and strengthen our love for each other. May your spirit be with us during these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. When Israel went out of <clears throat> Egypt. They went out right on time. God had shown Abraham that his descendants would go into a strange land. They would be afflicted for about 400 years, but they would go out with great substance. And that prophecy came true right to the very day. It's amazing fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We read about over here in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40. The Bible says, now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. On the very same day, God had made, was making Israel the preeminence amongst the nations. They were to be the firstborn amongst the nations, the depositories of God's law. And why? Because Satan had found a way to infuse into the nations of the world false worship, idolatry, and it was destroying the world. You see, there's no hope in that kind of system. You can't be saved by a God who doesn't exist. And so, they were the the preeminence. But even though they were the preeminence, they were to do some things. There were some things they had to prepare for before they were to leave Egypt. And, for example, they needed to slay a lamb and then put the the blood over the, the doorpost. Now, we all know what that means. These symbols have significance for us don't they? The blood. We all know what the blood means. It doesn't matter what testament you live in. The Old Testament, the New Testament, there's only one plan of salvation. The blood of Jesus is for everyone. Everybody must have the blood of Jesus. They were the depositories of God's law. Does that mean they could be saved by God's law? Keeping his law? Absolutely, unequivocally not. It's the blood. That's the only way anybody can be saved. Were they to obey God's law? Yes, yes. Absolutely. If they made a mistake, was there hope? Absolutely. That's what the whole sanctuary service was about. Jesus interceding for all of us right now in heaven. So there was the blood. And then they were to roast the lamb, complete, whole, not a bone broken, says Psalms 22. We know there was not a bone broken in Jesus' body. It would show the completeness of Christ's sacrifice for us. It was to be then eaten. Eat my blood, drink my blood, eat my flesh, Jesus said. We were to simulate it into our, our own lives because this was life. And it was to be eaten with unleavened bread, with, uh, roasted with bitter herbs, showing the bitterness of their bondage, and eaten with unleavened bread, showing that the, not the leavening of sin, but in purity. And so... And not only that, but they were to have their staff in their hand, they were to have their shoes on, they were to be ready to go. And finally the day came right on time, an exact fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And they went out led by the Spirit of God, by Christ himself, in the form of a pillar of fire and a cloud covering over them to protect them in the desert heat. And they went out. Now the shortest way to go would have been right through the desert, But God didn't lead them that way. Christ did not lead them that way. And for a very good reason. Because if he had, that was the way of the Philistines. And if they'd gone that way, the Philistines were a warlike people. God's people were not ready for that yet. They were just coming out of bondage. They had women and children and cattle and sheep and everything with them. They were unarmed. They were untrained. It would have been a disaster to go that way. So that cloud, Christ, led them by the way of the sea. Now that doesn't seem much better either, in human terms. But God was going to make a point that the gods of the world were nothing. There's only one God. And that was what he was needing to make to the nations. And they turned around. Finally, Israel turned around and looked back. And there was Egypt in hot pursuit. All these chariots and men coming after them. And Egypt was upset with themselves. They were upset with themselves for believing that the God of Israel had struck down their firstborn. Oh no, it couldn't be. Not the God of their bond servants. No, no, it must be natural causes. It's always when you don't want to believe it's natural causes. I I have a a brother-in-law, and I, I love him dearly. He's, he's a wonderful brother-in-law, and very successful. He knows the Bible, but he is devout evolutionist. I mean, that's just the way it is. There is no discussion. It's just the way it is. And I've been through those discussions before, you know, and it really doesn't go anywhere. He even got me a subscription to Science Magazine. He was so determined for me to understand this. And, but, but he said to me one day, he said, Les, you know, there's only one problem. The Evolution is the way it is, but there's only one problem with the theory. He said, first of all, all that creation stuff, that's just for the, uh, to placate the mindless masses. That's what that is. But he says, there's only one problem with the theory. We don't know where the Big Bang came from. And I I didn't want to get into it. I didn't have the heart to tell them that that's that's because there there wasn't a Big Bang. But in my simplistic, mindless, mass thinking, if that's the only problem with your theory, that's kind of a big problem, don't you think? Natural causes. Egypt was looking for natural causes. And now... Israel turns around there in abject fear. And they began to complain to God. They began to complain to Moses, especially to Moses. And even in their complaining, God did not forsake them because all of a sudden that cloud lifted up and it went right over the top of those two million people and right down between Israel and Egypt. And on the side of Egypt, that cloud was so dark, so dense, that Egypt had to stop their pursuit. But on the side of God's people, it was light. It was so much light that it lighted up the entire sea. And then God spoke through Moses, and he said these words in Exodus 14, verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And Israel marched into the water and God opened up the sea. Now here's the point. If they had not marched into the water, the sea would not have opened. In our journey... There are a lot of dangers. We all know too well the dangers. As Pastor Jeff spoke just a few moments ago, and our hearts go out to the people in in Louisiana and Minnesota and Dallas and our own beloved Orlando. We know about the dangers. But as as we talked about in the beginning, we cannot hold that. God wants us to know that he's not going to forsake us. He said, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That's what God is speaking to us today. So yeah, there's dangerous times. And then then there's gonna be some things, not only dangerous times, there's gonna be some things in our sojourn that we don't wanna do. I'll, I'll give you an example. In canvassing with these young people. Now, I've been doing this for about 10 years with the young people. Before that, I worked as a literature evangelist and made a, but it wasn't going door to door into businesses and into homes, you know, it was appointments. And so I had to learn, I had to learn from them. And I'll never forget the first time we went into a bank, just walked in, and the student was doing the presentation. And the bank manager said, well, you know, I'm not personally interested, but you can go up and you can start talking to all the tellers and everything and show them your books. And there were were people waiting in line to make deposits and do business. And we walked in and showed the books, and they got all excited, and they bought the books. And we prayed with them, with people waiting. And I thought to myself, I, I was so ashamed of myself, how it is that God could work in a way that was totally outside of my comfort zone. And so I began to learn. Actually, I got pretty good at working these banks. Well, I guess that doesn't sound too good, did it? I never robbed one. But, <clears throat> but it was amazing to me. You could be on one side of the street... And then another bank on the other side. This side, oh, no, you can't come in here. No soliciting. You're going to have to leave. We're going to call the authorities. And over here, oh, my goodness, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Come in. You know? You just never knew. That's what's so exciting about it. But one thing I didn't like was working parking lots. And so one day, one of the student leaders, they knew they weren't supposed to be they, most of the leaders wouldn't put me in a parking lot, but they put me in this parking lot. This student was having a little bit of trouble this day. And so he said, Les, would you, would you work with Nikiha right in front of her? Well, what was I going to say? I didn't want to do it. So I just smiled and I said, sure. But inside, I was, I was praying, Lord, I don't want to do this. I'm 66 years old, you know. I have to work in a parking lot? I'm sure God could have said something like, well, you know, Moses was 80, and he went out into a desert for 40 years with 2 million people. Now, which way would you rather have it? (laughs) But so I told the girl, I said, look, Nick DeHa, I said, you do the canvassing, and I'll introduce you to the people. And if I introduced her to one person, I introduced her to 100. Hello, my name is Les. This is Nick DeHa. She's one of our students. She's working on her scholarship for the summer. She just wants to show you what she's doing. Boom, in she went. We were out there for five hours. And all I wanted to do was sit down, drink some water, and go to this Mexican restaurant and eat some tacos. (laughs) But, you know, if you could get 10 books in a day, that was good. And by the end of that day, God blessed us with 13 books. And now, not only was I an expert in banks, I was an expert in parking lots. There are going to be some things we don't want to do. But we can't hold back. We've got to move forward. We can't wait till every difficulty is moved out of the way. Believing all things, hoping all things, whether by the desert or by the sea. It doesn't matter which way it is. With God leading us, it will be a safe path. God has entrusted us, just like Israel of old when he entrusted them as the depositories of his law. He has entrusted us with the most sacred truths ever given to mortals. And he bids us to go forward. I want to I end with this poem. It was by King, I, I think it just fits the theme of this very beautifully. King George VI, you remember him. He was Queen Elizabeth's father during World War II, and he's the one that the king's speech is about. He had a speech impediment, and finally he had to give a speech that united, the, and he did it perfectly, uniting the entire Allied powers against the forces of Hitler. Well, he also gave another speech, a poem, a Christmas speech, 1939, And it says, And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That will be to you better than light and safer than a known way. The time of our Exodus is near. The last great delusion is almost upon us. Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. So closely will the counterfeit remember the, resemble the truth that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the Holy Scriptures. We need the faith of Israel. Whether in the desert or the sea, we need the courage to go forward. And I said, to the man at the gate of the year. Give me a light that I may go out into the darkness. And he replied, "Put go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That will be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Amen.